Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to our interview series, and we are at episode number 198. Hard to believe, 198. And I have finally dove into the waters of the Cedar River in Cedar County with Craig Wartman, the girls' basketball coach at Hardington Cedar Catholic in northeastern Nebraska. And we're excited to have Coach Wartman on the podcast here this week. But before we get to Coach, we, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you or any of your athletes are struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi. Give them a call at 402-964-0300. Also, follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. If you're listening to this, download, rate, review, give us five stars. Our subscribers are going up, up, and up. We've had a awesome run of downloads here lately so please do so that helps us out when people look up uh coaching basketball podcasts they type that in and a pen and a napkin goes up and up the ladder when those things happen so be sure to do that for us and if you have any questions comments suggestions or ideas email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com go check out a pen and a napkin.com it's a really good coach's website because there's a lot of really good stuff on there because i'm the one that put it there and i think it's pretty good so go check it out coach wartman you and I are kind of running a little ragged here on this Thursday evening. What we are together, and we are ready to talk some hoops here this evening. How are you doing tonight, Coach? I'm doing great. I uh, really appreciate you having me on. Well, excited to have you on here. Uh, got the uh, got the opportunity to spend some time with your brother uh, here the last few weeks doing some some elementary and junior high tryouts and fun stuff there. So your your nephew got a little game to him. You know, I could say that, you know, got, got a little game to him. So That's good. Yeah, so he learned it from his uncle, not from his dad. I'm just going to throw I'm, that I'm out I'm sure. There. <laughs> Make sure you keep it that way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, excited to have Coach Wartman on here today. Uh, got a great basketball journey. Let's let's start there, Craig. Let's start with, with you and your basketball journey. And uh, tell us about your involvement in the game. And, and uh, how did you end up being the girls' basketball coach at your alma mater there, Hardington Cedar Catholic? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I graduated from Arlington, uh, Cedar Catholic, um, played multiple sports there in high school. Um, and honestly, really baseball was the, the sport that I really liked the most, but basketball was one that I was able to probably grab onto and develop more quickly and had more success with it. So that was one that I pushed to do into college. And when I got into college, I went to Northeast community college for a year. Um, I had some big aspirations. I had uh, wanted to play Division One, but never really got cr- recruited much outside of Northeast and a few of the NAIA schools that were around me there in, in Hardington. Um, so I went to Northeast, uh, played there for a year, and then decided that I wanted to try to walk on at the University of Nebraska. I thought, you know, if I, I'm going to try this, I don't know if I'm going to make it. If I make it, I am going to, you know, be great. That's, I'll be happy if I make it. If I don't make it, I'm just going to go to school and life is going to move on. Go from there. My basketball career would be over. Uh, playing career would be over and uh, go from there. So got to campus in the fall of that year and um, started playing some pickup games with the guys that were on the team. And then they had a tryout for us, for us uh, walk-ons. And uh, I didn't make it. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it on the first call. I was actually... Uh, um, it was late, you know, in fall. So mm-hmm. I had uh, tried out. I said, nope, we're not going to only keeping one of you. I'm going to keep this kid here. Um, so we're not going to, we're not going to keep you on. So went home, 
uh, watched my two brothers play football. And sure enough, I got a call the following Monday, and they said, uh, you know what, uh, we we would like you to come. If you can come and be part of our scout team and do those things for us, we'd love to have you there. I uh-huh. thought, okay, that's fantastic. I'm in. I can see what happens from here. Yeah. You know, and I didn't think much of it. As you know, I thought I, that's what I was going to do. I was basically going to be on the practice team, which is fine. You still, at that point, get to do everything that everybody else is doing, the training, the food, you know, going going to the trips that you're on, the different games, those types of things. You're, you're part of the team, you know, but uh, you don't really have the stress of uh, remembering everything that you had to learn for particular games. You know, you'd have to learn the other team's plays, that type of stuff, but really enjoyed that part at the University of Nebraska, being able to really study the game and understand that side of it kind of get to work with a few of the different coaches at that time you know you're working with you know the third coach fourth coach and you and you're figuring out different things of the different team you see different offenses um but i think the biggest thing for me was the level of play that you're in front of constantly yeah you know you get to you get to scrimmage and practice against guys that they're much better than me i understood that i i i was perfectly okay with that but my chance was to be there and to grow and to learn and then Sure enough, we had a we had a coaching change. Um, that was when Danny Nee had left and Barry Collier had come in. And again, I didn't know where everything was going to end up. No idea. I was going to be a senior, and uh, Barry had brought me in and just said, "Look, uh, we're going to keep you on, but we don't really know what your role is going to be here. You know, mm-hmm. we're not sure how everything's going to work." And I thought that's fine as long as I still got a place to play and I can see where I fit. You know, I'll take what I can and and go from there. Well, mm-hmm. changed up enough that if things weren't working the way he wanted it to work with the players that were there. And pretty soon he walks over to me before the first game. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna start." <laughs> I'm like what? You know, yeah. you're getting reps with some of that, but it's you didn't really didn't expect that to come out. And I can still take you right on to Devaney on which hoop I was shooting my free throws on when he came over and told me that. Um, <laughs> to that point and i said okay sounds good um you know and you just from that point on it was more you took everything that you learned the last two to three years and you just put it into what's coming at you you know for the next few games that you're going to play okay this guy does this my responsibility is to make sure this guy doesn't do this or if when we run this play that you know whatever it is you dive yourself into i was never the guy that was going to score all the points that was okay Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm okay with that um, I'll do whatever I have to to be able to stay on the court as long as I can. Yep. So, you know, that worked out, and I got to I got to start a, a few games that year as my senior year, and I got to play roughly, maybe averaging somewhere in that twelve to fifteen minutes a game, mm-hmm. somewhere in that vicinity, um, and had a blast. Absolutely learned the most I could ever learn that last year of really diving into that pressure situation, but loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it, and then uh, kind of spiraled into. You know, did I want to be able to coach a little bit when I got done? I started helping out at really a small Catholic school, Blessed Sacrament, there in Lincoln. While I was still at, still playing basketball, so I was coaching like junior high. That was where I first kind of started coaching um, with that. I didn't wasn't didn't have a teaching degree or nothing like that going into. I had a business degree, so I knew I wasn't going to do anything probably more than that. Is what I thought. <clears throat> didn't know where it would end up, but I still love the game, uh-huh. and I didn't. Wasn't married, wasn't didn't have any kids, nothing like that. So that's how I kept myself kind of attached to the game after I got done. Uh-huh. 
with it. Yeah. So, you know, I went through, you know, the university, graduated, got done, you know, found a real job, but I still continued to coach as much as I could. Uh, Blessing Sacrament was one of them that I, I, uh, I, I coached at and then kind of did, met a girl, we kind of moved a couple different spots, got married, um, ended up back in Omaha and then um, Scott Catholic um, one of my other younger brothers was coaching there and then they asked if I would help out some. I said, yeah, great. I'd love to. Uh, my kids are really young at that age. So I, you know, could spare the time to go this way or that way with it. Mm-hmm. So we got a coach with John Burt there at Scott Catholic. That was boys. Yep. Um, the junior high stuff was still boys and girls at Blessed Sacrament. Um, and then, uh, boys at Scott Catholic. And then, um, made some changes up in our own careers, my wife and I, and it, it kind of brought us back to Hardington. So I was, you know, diving back into the family business in Hardington and the girls program in Hardington was, was struggling a little bit. There was a change in coaching and I felt like I didn't, I really wanted to get involved, but I wasn't sure when and how. And then there was two gentlemen that were going to probably need help. They didn't have a lot of experience. And I, I went up to the principal and said, Hey, look, I'm willing to do whatever I can here to help. Mm-hmm. So he, he allowed me to be part of their staff. And yeah. I was as an assistant coach with those. So there was three of us and we worked together for, uh, shoot. It was probably three, four years. Mm-hmm. And then he, he, the head coach finally moved on and they asked me if I wanted to be head coach. And I said, yeah, yeah. I would love, I would love to take that on. And, you know, I just over that amount of time, you know how it goes where you start to, you're kind of writing down the, the good things, the bad things, what you like, what you don't like, you know, what plays do you like running? What defenses do you like running? What are you good at? What are you not good at? And then by the time you get to be, you know, that head coach, you get to start to decide which pieces you want to use. Yep. With it. Yeah. So I felt like I was, you know, I never thought that I was, wasn't ready, but I felt like at that time I was really ready to take that challenge on. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a daughter, she was young. Um, and I thought, you know, if, if I can help the program where I'm going to live in a school where I'm going to send my kids, I yep. might as well be part of it and help it grow. So that when she gets there, it's in a decent spot for her to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens, you know, have a nice place or a good place to, yep. to play. Um, you know, how, how did those experiences being a walk on, you know, you, you went from the stud at Hardington and, yep. and 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 probably playing some pretty significant minutes at Northeast to low man on the totem pole, unless there's a big gap between you and the other team one way or the other, you're not getting in the game, your role yep. completely shifted. How did how how do you think that's affected your, your coaching career, Craig? I think it most helps you really look at what how teams are actually built and made uh-huh. and, and what what's the difference between the really good ones and the not so good ones, because there's roles that everybody has to play. Mm-hmm. So for me as a coach, I can sit down with, you know, the girls that I coach and, and be able to say, look, I've sat in your shoes, whether yeah. you were the one that's scoring all the points in high school or the one that's on the bench and having to just be there in practice and make your minutes up during practice and games, you're not going to get a play very much. Mm-hmm. It's still, there's still important roles, whether they're just not as glamorous as one from the other. Mm-hmm. So to be able to go through them made me really appreciate, look, you still need to work just as hard as the next person. You still need to lift the weights. You still need to take care of your body and, and still condition like everybody else. Cause you don't know when your time is going to come, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's probably a big thing in the development of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, um, 
what about, like you said, you went through a coaching change. Uh, you went down there to play for Danny New, who had been there for a long time, and then he yep. gets let go. And then Barry Collier, who, again, I've never met either man or don't know, you know, whatever. Uh, but from what, I, what I've what i read and seen, two pretty different personalities. Uh, you know, what was it like? And, and again, what did you learn from going through that experience of not only having these changing roles, but then also playing for two coaches that were, you know, pretty, pretty different from one another? Yeah, it's great. I mean, you look at, you think it's, not the best thing because it's it's hard to adjust and adapt, but mm-hmm. it's philosophies. I mean, yeah. it's two two different philosophies. I now, when I look back at it now, I get I got to sit through and watch. Mm-hmm. So Danny was a lot more player oriented, where he would be more not necessarily play by play. He would be more bigger pitcher and mm-hmm. getting more out of his players that way. Where I felt like uh, Dan, uh, Barry Collier was more focused on a little more hands-on with it a yeah. little bit more um x's and o's if that mm-hmm. makes more sense yeah um and that's what coaches are some are more higher end coaches and some are more x's and o's that's just the way it is it's not that coach and he didn't have x's and o's coaches on the staff they took care of that part he would take care of different parts of it so you'd be able to just see that through the game of how those two coaches would interact mm-hmm. with us with you know players referees and all that and again you're sitting there and being able to absorb all that information where when you go through it you don't realize that Mm -hmm. you don't realize what you're learning until you walk away from it and then you start to put your own things together as you coach but i thought it was a great benefit you know you got to see both views and one i got to play a lot more in where you absorb some but i was also older i mean i was a senior at that time so my mind was more mature and ready for that information to develop and and work through it, so it was great. I was ready for it. Yeah, at that time. You know, looking back on it, and and as you were talking about, you're you're putting together the notebooks and the files of this is what I'm going to do when I take over, or if I ever take over a program, or yeah. whatever it may be. Uh, when you took over for the girls there at Harrington, uh, and you had been on staff for a little while, but yep. you know what. What about that experience from when you were in college when you saw a coaching change happen? You know, how much of that was kind of in the back of your mind as you as you stepped into the situation with the with the players that you had there? Yeah, it was you know, you want to try to communicate with the players as much as possible, but you also want to get your own your own style, your own philosophy put in place. So to me, I I I didn't keep anybody with me that was with us before just um, to get the overall switch done. I wanted to be very defensive oriented and very well conditioned. And I wanted to bring on fresh coaches that were, that I had knew in the community that would help me mm-hmm. do that piece. Not that the other two guys didn't do that piece, but I just felt a good, a fresh turnaround would be better than trying to mix and mingle it in to what I was going to try to do mm-hmm. with it. So, um, to see that transition in college, you know, I was really, I think it, it, I was ready for a, to take on as a head coach. I mean, I've been watching enough and seeing enough that I'm like, I would really like to, there's things you always want to do as an assistant that you say and you help you, you, you know, you try to give as much information as you can, but in the end it's the head coach's responsibility and job to make those hard decisions about what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, how mm-hmm. you're going to do it, you know, through it. So, yeah. At that time, I was just ready to make that make that switch, you mm-hmm. know, when it came in. But 
I just think being able to be coached by those two different guys really helped. But even the, the ones that John Burke, when I was with him at Scott, you just learn so much more from the, the people you're working with there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what about, you know, you're, you're, you're a little bit different. You're, you're a businessman. You've, you've worked in a variety of different, uh, places and you, now you, you know, you're working back with the family business back home. How is, yeah. how is that, uh, I, I don't want to say non-traditional cause we see more coaches and head coaches that are not educators, so to speak. But, sure. but what, what about your, your, as we joked about, what about your part-time job as a businessman helps you with your full-time job as a, as a varsity girls basketball coach? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's things where I, I really get to, I really get to turn certain things off where I can focus on just my actual job where I'm, I'm a licensed electrician. Um, mm-hmm. We also do plumbing work as well. So I can do things and not have to worry so much. I get to, I get to basically turn it off. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't always use educators ever really get to turn it off. I mean, you need to turn it off and as as best as you can. But for me, I I have to really turn it off because that's that's what I'm doing through my my day. I have yeah. to be more organized as well yeah. because I only have so much time to work on what I need to work on. So I get pretty regimented with my practice plans and what I want to do and how I want to do it. But then I use that in my everyday life now with basketball so it overlaps itself Mm -hmm. but i find that it's it's helped me so much but when you say that i mean being a college athlete there's so much time management that's involved because you have to you're gone a lot yeah you got practice every afternoon and it ain't just a two-hour practice you got weights you got to make sure you got meals you got there's four or five hours in the afternoon where you can't you can't have class yeah because you're trying to fit that stuff in so i've kind of grown with that piece in college to be able to do that as I moved on in my life. So I try to look at more things as opportunities, not roadblocks or, you know, things I can't do, but it's an opportunity to see if I can do this, if I can make these things work. So that's where I play it into both of my, my mm-hmm. coaching and my, and my real job mm-hmm. through the day. Coaches, do you want to look good? Pfft, stupid question. Of course you want to look good. We all want to look good. You know, what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good looking stuff here. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some of Pen and a Napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a Pen and a Napkin, send me a direct message, or you can email me a Pen and a Napkin at gmail.com, and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some of Pen and a Napkin merchandise. Um, let's uh, let's dive into your program. And, and talk about kind of these last few seasons here. Uh, you, you've had a really nice run. Uh, but, you know, you you are up there in, in northeast Nebraska. And that is a place where, you know, 
for small schools. Now we're not talking the the four A's or the the big city schools in, in, in your various yeah. states for for folks that are listening. You know, Hardington, the community itself has about how many people, Coach? Uh, fifteen hundred people. About fifteen hundred people with two high schools. Uh, with a, two a, high schools, yeah, a parochial yeah. school and a public school. So uh, we're talking small schools here, but the the level of play in that northeast Nebraska, northwest Iowa area it, for both boys and girls basketball in a small town, there is some really really good basketball teams and basketball players that come out of that area and. Uh, in your case, if, if you're not playing with your with your quote-unquote big girl pants on, you're going to get your doors blown off that night, even if you mm-hmm. think it's just a, an average average team or whatever. If you're not ready to play, yeah. uh, you're going to get you're going to get uh, beat up a little bit. And and you guys have really uh, taken that. You've had a unique journey where you've made it to the state tournament four years in a row, but two of those years you were under 500 going into the state tournament because you're a smaller school playing a lot of bigger schools and you're playing really really good teams. Yeah, uh, you know, what is what has that experience been like for you when uh, what are kind of some of the advantages and the disadvantages of of being in that type of circumstance or situation? Well, I think the, the biggest advantage, um, and I use it for motivation too as well. I mean, we're, you're right. We're playing, uh, the mid States conference. I mean, you got your Croftons, your guardian angels, um, battle Creek, Norfolk Catholic. I mean, you got all of them in there, O'Neill, Wayne, um, and then the Boone central. I mean, there's, there is so many good schools and they're bigger than us, obviously, but they're very good at what they do. So you do have to make sure that you're ready. Um, the way you plan and the way you scout um, for those schools, and you have to do it every every game. It's not like you get finally to the state tournament or to the sub-districts and, oh, now we have to make sure that we're ready for this high-pressure defense. Mm-hmm. Well, we see it every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're practicing it for it every day um, and trying to keep up with the Croftons in the world. So we've – you know, Ben, D, we were C1 or C2 when I first started, and then we went to D1 after that. We're jumping to C2 this year. But you you can see the level of play that, you know, some teams don't have four to five really good girls on their team. Yeah. And we were seeing that every night. So we have to learn how to guard that many, and our girls have to develop to play against that. So when you get to teams that don't have that, then – you know, one, you get to be able to strategize a little bit more about, okay, we can be more aggressive with our defense because you're used to playing against girls that are at this level. And now they're, they're maybe not quite as good there. Yeah. Um, so, and you're bringing it every night. So when you hit, you know, those state tournament games and you're playing the number one seed and they're supposed to be the best team in state. And my girls were, let's go. Yeah. We're, we're ready to go. Let's play. Let's oh. see what happens. And after you beat one of them, you come around the next year, the year after, it's not really that big of a deal anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. my girls were also doing very well in volleyball too. So they're down at the, down in Lincoln for volleyball and basketball. So being in those big games, they've always really done really well, but I think they've really understood the process. So you start to, now don't get me wrong when you're going through the season and you're getting your butt kicked and your, <laughs> your record is not very good. Uh-huh. You really got to get creative on what you, what you're motivating skills are like because you want to make sure you don't lose your girls halfway through the season and just be like just keep plugging forward because that's probably the disadvantage yeah you ask the advantage and disadvantage that's one of the disadvantages to keep everybody positive 
and you know moving forward until we can get to let's just say subdistricts and then let's see what happens yeah i i imagine you know the the middle of january a couple of those years you're like I know, I know, because I'm a rational adult who sees the the whole forest and not just the trees. Uh, yep. I, I know where this is headed, and I feel really good about it. But you know, just as well as I do, a lot of times young kids they look at it and they go, "Well, we're five and nine, and we just lost by twenty tonight. We must suck." You know, I mean, you yeah. know, that's just human nature for young people. You know, it and is. and and that's got to be the kind of the toughest sell job that that you probably have sometimes. You know, and I've always used that, and I'm sure other coaches have used that too. I said we only need three games to win. We just mm-hmm. got to win three of them, and we can make it to Lincoln. And and some of that might come up in December, sometimes January, maybe the first part of uh, February. But eventually, you're having that conversation. You just got to sometimes bring it into play sooner than later if you're if you're playing tougher teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also the aspect of, of playing those tougher teams is you can really get a good feel of, of which players can handle it and which yeah. ones can play, you know, at that level for a long period of time. It's in the, hard in to the play the lights. whole game yep. if you don't at a high level if you're not used to it. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're if you have a lot of games where you win by a bunch of points, you're probably coasting through half of the half the game. Yeah, you know and we're not doing that. We're, we're battling through the whole four quarters. And even if we do win, it's still, it's a battle all the way to the end. It's never going to be huge blowouts by any means because of who we play, which I don't mind that. I mean, yeah. I, I just feel like they they learn so much more from those, those games. And because when you get to the playoffs, you know that there are going to be some, they're going to crunch down to that last two minutes and it's going to see who's got the most guts to make it through. Yep. Yep. You know, um, you, you, you're graduating a senior class or you did graduate a senior class that, you know, four years in a row, uh, you made four trips to the state tournament, uh, got yep. to the semifinals. I believe three of those four trips, if I remember correctly. Um, I know um, I called, I, I called your game. I think the first all, the, all the last four, they were actually in the finals. They were in the semifinal game. Yeah. So three fourth-place finishes and a third-place finish yeah. is where that, that class ended up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All four years you ended up in the semis. Okay, so um, – and, and you had an awfully good team this last year. I, I, I called your first-round state tournament game on the radio uh, last year, and you guys looked awfully impressive. And I know you we, yeah. we, we played that same Centura team, and you guys handled it better than we did, but we both ended up on the wrong side of the scoreboard against those guys. So <laughs> congratulations, yeah, Coach Brown. Yeah, there issues with that game, but we got through it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's 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 got to be – it's got to feel a little bit daunting to replace a, a senior class that has done something like that, but at the same time, it's got to be kind of exciting. You know, can we yeah. do this? Uh, what, what are the emotions like, you know, where – you know, and, and, and how important is it to have a, a group of women, especially, that are dedicated athletes that, you know, show that, hey, we can be really, really successful for an extended period of time, and here's what it takes, and, and how much easier does that make it for you as a coach to continue to build your program to, to try and keep it where it's at? Yeah, it's uh, it's always tough, because mm-hmm. really, this last year, we had two very good seniors, mm-hmm. Um with McKenna and Laney and they'll have big shoes to fill. But, you know, I've even told my coaches, you know, be ready for this year. It's going to be, it'll be a tougher year, but it'll, it'll be a challenge. It'll be a different, 
It'll be a different year. You have different ways that we have to look at how we can win and, and the ways we want to win. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what you have to adapt a little bit to who you have and what you can and can't do each year. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we, you know, that's probably the biggest piece of trying to replace those two is I know they're gone. It's going to, it's terrible, but we, it's, there's only two of them. Look at what we have left yeah. and how much experience those have gained and who's ready behind them to step up into those shoes that they left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think back, okay, I, we lost this girl and we lost that girl. And we always found a way to, you know, plug somebody back in to find enough to make it work. And you do, there's some excitement there. There's a few girls that really like playing basketball and it's, it's those that really enjoy it that help you come back, reset, rethink, try to use what you've done in the past farther back than that, even if it's college, high school, whatever you've used to help you rethink how you need to build your team up again. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. But, you know, we're in a Catholic school too, so we can – we there's us three coaches that are with me, the two that are with me, really enjoy bringing the faith part into our, into our journeys yep. each year. So that – that in itself really helps because all of us are Christian men that, that um, love our faith. So we bring that with us. So that could be a piece where it, whatever we can do with our team and how we do it, we want to put God first with it. And we feel like, okay, whatever happens from here, I think we'll be, we'll be okay with it, mm-hmm. whatever, wherever we end up. But um, so we add that piece into it as well. And, but I, I tell you what, you know, there's always a little bit of excitement. I mean, you're coached yep. enough to know that you, you get started, you, you kind of go through summer, you go through your summer stuff, and then you get closer to the start of the season. You're like, okay, what, are, what, what do we think we can do? How, how well can I help my team to get right back to where we were? Yeah, you know. Yep. And I've, I'm an extremely competitive person, so that that comes out, mm-hmm. you know, quite a bit, and I use that to help me try to build those those teams back up so hopefully again this year we can have a have another good year but we'll see how it all plays out that was one of the things that i missed most when i when i took the couple of years off was just having that yellow legal pad and that video screen in front of you and okay i'm going to take a look at this team and i'm going to think of my team and i'm going to watch film on us i'm going to watch film on them and what can I come up with that's going to put my team in the best situation possible to beat that team? That that yeah. was that was uh, there. There were a lot of things that I didn't miss in those two years, uh, but that was one thing that was um, that that was hard to to uh, to replicate. Um, yeah. and, and I did a, I did a few things to kind of help with that, you know, to kind of help scratch that itch a little bit. Uh, but there's there's nothing like this time of year, and I'm going through it right now, where you're putting together your practice plans and you're building your team up. Uh, we just kind of had our first week of conditioning and 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 talking about our culture and what we want to establish for this year and how we want to yep. do things. And then that gets you know even when you're seasoned and experienced like myself, that gets the that gets the blood going a little bit, and you and you yep. get excited and you remember why you do it. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And there's, there was always times, I mean, there was a couple of summers I went through where we were trying to figure out who was going to be my assistant coaches mm-hmm. um, with either teachers that I, I, I always, and I have had somebody from the school has usually been on my staff that, that teaches at the school. Yeah. I've, I always like to have that because they know what's going on in the school. I'm not there every day. They know if something happened or if something's going on. 
And um, it always seemed like through the summer, you're kind of grinding through it. And then you get to the point where, okay, we're going to have, we got this guy hired and this guy hired or this lady in there. We, we want them to help you out this year. And like you start talking to them and they enjoy basketball and you start going through ideas. You're like, okay, I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to, yep. <laughs> I'm ready to, to put, put this back on and go with it. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, those are parts that you just, I don't, I, I think you'd, any of us would miss, mm-hmm. you know, but to be able to, you know, have some success with it when you you have a plan that you put together and if your team executes the way and sometimes like for us we've executed even better than what I thought I'm like wow that really worked mm-hmm. you know and it's like you know you just feel like it gives you validation that you're doing something right you know with the program and with the girls and to see how excited they are and and, the, and they're excited because they, they took what you learned and they said, look, we did, look what we did. We just well, they pulled a certain move off. You've been working on for two weeks. Look what we, look what I just pulled that off, you know, and it's, it's that excitement that helps you mm-hmm. really want to be part of it even more. Yep. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. All right, coach. At this time, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit. Uh, we're gonna go with our. Uh, I forgot to warn you about this beforehand, Craig. So I'm gonna okay. hit you. I'm gonna hit you with something here. Uh, every week we have uh, the John Wooden quote of the day. I pick a passage out from uh, Wooden's book, A Lifetime of Observations, and I and I read a quote and I give my guest an opportunity to to react and we'll talk about it a little bit and. And then we'll 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 kind of keep going with things here. So I apologize for not warning you, uh, but I'm going to catch you just off. I'm, I'm going to see how your reactions are here. How's that sound? That sounds great. All Let's right. do it. All right. So uh, the John Wooden quote of the day this week from page 181 of Wooden: The Lifetime of Observations is loyalty to and from those with whom you work is absolutely necessary for success. It means keeping your self-respect, knowing who and what you have allegiance to. It means giving respect to those you work with. Respect helps produce loyalty. Okay. What do you, what do you hear, got for I me? I hear a little bit more, like, I hear loyalty, and I, hear, I just think of trust. But mm-hmm. I think of it as a basketball team, or just in general. You know, I think of that as being trusting. Mm-hmm. trusting your program trusting you know what plan has been put in place whether it's you know me as a coach or as an office manager whoever's running your your crews of, of being able to trust the process mm-hmm. yep you know that's what screams out at me as i hear that i'm like oh man i learned that it took me a while to learn that but once i did trust the process there's a lot of things i do now that you know it, it takes time to get the end result. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough nowadays because everybody wants instant gratification, but yep. you have to trust the path, stay loyal to what you're going to be doing and to who you're doing it with and mm-hmm. see if it can come true. Yep. 
know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, kids, like you said, kids want it right now. Everybody wants it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patino called it the microwave society. You know, we, we want it done now. And, and sometimes it just takes that, that slow burn. It, it takes that, that slow, uh, you know, you got to cook it slowly before it's, it's really, but when you take your time and you cook it slowly, man, that meal tastes a heck of a lot better than it did in the microwave. It does. You You're know? absolutely right. It's a great analogy. Yeah. I'd have to agree. Yep. That's just kind of reminding me that I've got to make supper after we're done with this tonight. So, uh, <laughs> well, then we better hurry up. <laughs> I'm okay. I, I could, I could probably stand to skip a meal or two here too. So, um, all right. Hey, Craig, let's get into your, uh, you know, your X's and O's philosophy. Uh, let's dive in here. Uh, let, let, let's talk about your offense. Let's talk about your offense, what you like to do offensively, uh, whether it's it's set plays, is it a continuity offense, is it a little bit more motion-based? Uh, what do you do? Uh, how do you do it? How do you build it up? Um, if you're a set play guy, how do you get your kids to run a lot of sets pretty seamlessly and not confuse them? If you're not, how do you get your kids to run good motion work and, and just play off of one, one another and, and building that trust as we talked about with the wooden quote, I'm just yeah. going to kind of sit back and, and let you roll here. Um, if I, if I need to interrupt or probably when I do interrupt, I'll try to do so as politely as I can here, but, ju- but sure. just, just tell us about your offensive philosophy and what you like to do. Yeah, so, you know, offensively, um, when I first took on the head coaching job, I wasn't sure if, you know, our team could handle a lot of set plays. I really wanted to put a lot of set plays in, but I wasn't sure if they were quite ready for it or if all of my players were ready for it. So I had to kind of really look at, and I do that throughout throughout the years, is really look at who do I have and who can run my point guard, who can get us into set plays if that's what we want to run. Um of, of what we can run mm-hmm. um, with that aspect of it. So um, when I first kind of jumped into it, I was looking at more of the four out one in um, to have a little bit more flexibility for my players. They could, you know, evolve around each other more than the structure that they, you would have in a more continuity offense or a set play. Um, and it worked out well. I mean, that, that, that was the first year that we made it to the state tournament, but, I, I think that process took a whole year to get to the point where we were good enough at the end of the year to run our stuff and be comfortable enough with it to be able to run it effectively over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, man, I really want to get, I want to get certain set plays set up and I want to be able to, because we see a lot of man. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we see a lot of man to man defense. So when you yeah. see a lot of man, you can run your set plays more effectively because you can, yeah. You've got options there. You got people guarding people yep. in a zone or a, or you know other gimmick offenses. You can't run as much, but we've kind of developed a lot of our set plays into okay. If they run a two three, we still can run this. Mm-hmm. We can still can run this. We can run these set plays. Our girls just have to understand them. Now we've evolved enough where our girls understand the set plays that we have. Where now we can say okay, look, we're going to see a lot of zone this week. We're still going to be able to run our horn set, or we're still going to be able to run you know, yep. an elevator screen. We just have to screen it just a little bit different to get the girl open that we're trying to get. So I've kind of evolved it more into the set places, which I like a lot more. I feel like true teams that can really play are going to probably play you man to man and try to man you up as best as they can. Um, with the thought in the back of my head, I need to use those set plays for those zones. Cause I've always run into zones every so often. And then it comes down to, well, can we shoot enough to get them out of that zone 
so that we can get to the man stuff. Yeah. Do, do you have a lot of your, your sets that you could run against zone or man? You really can. Uh, but with girls, I mean, um, I have, have to be honest with you. Some of them don't watch enough um, or have the IQ to know when to, when to flip those things over as quickly. Um, but uh, it, it just takes a little bit more of a process. And sometimes a timeout is not going to be enough time to be able to explain that. Mm-hmm. to be able to run it effectively against the zone that you're seeing. So it, I still have, you know, a lot of the continuity stuff through with zone plays, even man. Um, and I've, I found out that depending on, do I have a true big, do I have two true bigs? Um, how well do my girls actually shoot from the outside? Mm-hmm. I mean, all those things come into play is what do I want to try to run based off what we have? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so that's what you know. I've I'm a little bit more into the set plays with a few continuity offenses that I run now mm-hmm. um, is what it's more strongly into. But again, I've I've been able to develop those plays and those things with my girls over the years. So it, it's helped to be keep developing my point guard so that when we're ready each year, she knows what's going on and she knows where to get us. Yeah, in those situations. With, uh, so that's. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I said, so that's why it's kind of evolved differently than it did at the beginning. Yep. When you are installing that playbook, uh, how much time, uh, you know, what's the process? Do you, do you kind of start at the, the same place every year? Um, do you, uh, how many of those sets on average do you carry over from, from last year to this year? Uh, and, and how many of them are maybe new plays? And, and, and then, you know, how much time do you spend on that in practice to, to work on that, that execution? You know, what's, what's the process of implementing it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like to, when I do it, I mean, I also think that here's my other thought process on this. So it's, well, if I'm not doing my fundamentals, if I don't have girls that can dribble, pass and shoot, does it matter what play I run? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I hit that stuff really hard at the beginning and even all the way through the season, but then. I will spend, you know, there'll be increments usually of five to 10 minutes throughout the practice where I might, I might go with some fundamental stuff and then shift over to say, uh, if I have enough girls putting defense on both sides of the court and then we're running back and forth, running those set plays. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's one team that is, that is running a set play back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then the other two teams are playing defense on them. And I might run things where like last year, McKenna would get, you know, box and wand yeah. most of the time. Um, and then there was triangles and twos in there too as well. So we would throw those things at them as well so that they would get used to that that concept coming at them. But that's where I would try to fit it. Not always like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take thirty minutes to run over these things. We're just gonna make sure we hit them every day mm-hmm. a certain amount of time so that we can and and at the beginning of the season it might only be I might only have three, four five of them at the most and there's probably two or three that we ran last year yeah you know what i mean and yep. we just we hit those we get comfortable with those and then we might add sprinkle in a couple more depending yep. on who we're playing and how much time we have you know you always catch those weeks in the year where you know like this year we get done with our last game before a moratorium and we're going to have three days of practice so you get some time in there where you can say okay well we're done with kind of these these sets we've got them down let's add one or two here where we can use it in this situation Mm-hmm. Okay. And you hammer them, hammer yep. them out from there to learn them. So heading into the postseason, 
in a in a typical season, you know, yeah. you, you got your play sheet. How how many how many names and numbers do you have on there? <laughs> well, I had an assistant coach of mine, Frank Gade, <laughs> and now he's a good friend of mine. That we're done, but he would uh, he kind of taught me the way he did it when he was coaching. He would have them all listed uh-huh. on his little sheet. And I really like that idea and the fact that even the ones that they they might not know or they haven't run with this group yet, they're in there in your mind so that it, you know how it goes when you're going through your game and you're trying to get you know certain things figured out and who's yep. going which way and I only got this much time left. Now this girl's got two fouls and I got to bring this girl in. You want to be able to just take a quick glance at that sheet and go, okay, these are working, this one's working, this one's not. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about this one. This one might work. You yep. know, as a little bit of a reminder as everything else is going on. Yep. You know. Yep. I uh I really assist my new my assistant coach now, uh James Kaiser and I, he's a big X's and O guy too as well. So I mean we have the most fun when we get to sit and call set plays all game long. <laughs> you, you know, you don't have the team that wants to really press you, so you, you can get it you can get set up, you can you can do your thing and, and we'll be sitting there going, Okay, let's try this one. Yeah, and then if it works, we'll go. Let's try this one. Yep. And then okay, let's go back to that one. Yep. And you know, we just we enjoy. It. I mean, those are little things that him and I share mm-hmm. that you know parts of the game that maybe nobody else is even noticing what's going on. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, no. but except for basketball dorks like you and I. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, and uh, you enjoy it. That's what makes it fun, and that's what that's why I like having him with me, and you know, that's why that's why I think we both do it is is for that part of it. You you get, and that's usually towards the end of the season yeah you know what i mean you get towards the end where you can really you got about seven of them you can probably rule out there but you really only use four mm-hmm. that you want to really use and you know you can score and then you, you kind of figure out this girl and that girl really do well with this play so we've got her in let's let's go ahead and let her see what she can do with that piece of it mm-hmm. yeah so yep yep um, you know that's why i like to have that aspect in there you know if you're always running in continuity you got to make dang sure that these girls know who's going where and how to cut, how to cut without the ball and how to, how to move, you know, how to set the screens and, and where you're moving to and not running into each other. That stuff, you just don't pick that stuff up. Yeah. I and mean, you need to play a lot of basketball to understand that, that purpose or that rule yep. with it. Yep. Well, and, and, and play it and play it together. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. let's, uh, we, we haven't talked about this for a while, uh, on the pod. Uh, but you were willing to talk about uh, some of the stuff you guys do with your strength and conditioning and your and yeah. your weight room, and and I and I think that it, it's no coincidence that well-rounded athletic programs that have success in multiple sports, you know, year in and year out, have a strong weight room philosophy. Um, that that they have great buy-in from their from their players, and and I know this is something that when. I was at my previous job. I didn't do as good a job with this as I could have. Um, I've we've really I've really emphasized it, and and we've done a really good job within our our whole school of doing sure. this um, as well. But uh, just you know, you guys have had a good run in a lot of different sports there at Hardington, and uh, you know, so so tell us a little bit about what you guys do with your strength and conditioning program. How you get your kids to buy in? What's the what's the uh, what are kind of the bones of it, if you will, and and sure. yeah, just go from there. Yeah, so I think what we've really looked at too is you know injury wise, and that was mm-hmm. one thing with the girls that we've we've stressed that we're doing these things because we don't we want you to have stronger 
you know, thighs, calves, muscles around those joints that end up getting hurt. So that's why we do the plyometrics. That's why we lift the weights. That's why we're taking time out of practice to actually do these things so that, you know, if you get hurt, you're done, you're out, you're gone. Yep. You're no good. You're no good to any of us if you're, if you're not, you know, ready to go when the games come around. So that's kind of the idea of how to get the, how we try to get the buy-in in with Mm it. Um, and once the girls have been through it, understand, you know, I, you know, it takes a little bit at the beginning to get used to what you're doing, but as you get to Christmas and then you get to January and you're like, you know what, I don't get as tired mm-hmm. at the end of the game anymore as I did when it was, when we first started, mm-hmm. um, you start to get some of that and it, it might take a year. It might take two years to get really kids to buy into that because you really need to get it going throughout the whole see the whole year, really. Cause yeah. we do stuff in the summer, with the girls of conditioning and, and, you know, weightlifting basically is what they're doing. And then we, we continue it on through the practices and then um, through volleyball and through, through basketball so that they're not really getting out of the shape that they're, I mean, sometimes you'll have heavy times where you're lifting more than others because you have more games and, and, and things kind of mix up in there. But um, the, the purpose is to keep it steady throughout mm-hmm. so that you can, you can be stronger throughout the whole season. You don't want to and be really, restarting, you know. You, 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 but, want, you want to keep it going year-round so that you're not starting and stopping. It's just a continual process. Right, right. So you can you might have to pick it up. You know, you start at the beginning of basketball season where you don't have a game for, you know, three, four weeks. You can really – you can do the heavier lifting weights, you know, at the beginning and then start to taper it back. And then you're doing more reps of very light weight to maintain. And those are things that I learned through college. I mean, that's, those are things that I learned at Nebraska when we were going through it, we were always lifting weights. We were always had that piece. It was always before or after practice, you were in the weight room after you were done or, or before we started, you need to get these weights done. So to me, it was like second age. I was like, why are we not doing this mm-hmm. um, with it? You know, and, and we did have a couple injuries. I mean, McKenna did hurt her knee when she was a junior or a sophomore and she did not play that whole season. She was out. Yeah. So one of the years that you know she didn't get to play, that's the other piece of we need to keep this up because we're not we don't have enough girls to be losing two or three to a, a knee injury. Yeah, yeah. You know you just can't you can't keep up. Yeah, you, you won't be able to. So um, that was the other thing to really emphasize it in volleyball and and in basketball and then into the track. I mean it just it helps to to get that stuff going all the way through. Uh-huh. So, so what's kind of your, your frequency with your program is, do, do you have your kids, do, do you have like weight training classes during the school day that you encourage your kids to sign up for? Is it a before school thing? Is it a pre-post-practice? During the school year, they have the, where you, they have a class that they can take to as well. Um, and then during like, through, like for basketball, for instance, I do have times where, and, you know, there'll be those probably at the beginning of the season, it's three days a week where I'm doing plyometrics. Mm-hmm. And I might take, if it's a two hour practice, I might take that last 15, make it into two forty five, the last 30 minutes or the whole, or, you know, just go an hour and a half and then go 30 minutes of plyometrics. Um, knowing that in that plyometrics, there is some conditioning involved. And they don't have to do it in my practice. They're getting that at the end of the practice as well, too. Mm-hmm. Helps me be able to adjust what I do in my practice because I know they're going to get the conditioning at the end mm-hmm. with it. Gotcha. So, and then, and then I'm just looking at, I'm looking at my whole schedule. Okay, where do we fit this in? We want to try to get this in at least once a week when we get into the thick of things. It doesn't always happen. Don't get me wrong. You might have two or three games a week and you're like, I can't, they can't do this this week. It's not going to be 
for their legs, it's just not going to work. But when we hit the next week where we just have one game, we need to make sure we hit it on that Monday where we have a couple days to wait mm-hmm. before we play. Yep. Yeah. And, so. and, and with us, like we, we have kind of the same thing. We have a weight training class during, uh, we have a couple of them, uh, that kids are enrolled in for strength and conditioning. Uh, but if they're not, you know, they need to come in at six thirty a couple of mornings a week. Yep. Um, and, and I, you know, I tell the kids, I don't want to, obviously you got to get your, your liberal arts stuff or whatever it may be, your career stuff taken care of, but not only is it good to get it taken care of during the school day just for the convenience part of it, but that saves you an hour or more of sleep a couple of mornings a week when we're going to need that, which also yeah. helps us be better as well. So I think that's an important part of it as well. Yep. No, I totally agree. I mean, that is the other piece too. I mean, the, I mean, the, the weightlifting and then the taking care of your body of what you eat and what you watch, how much sleep you get. I mean, those are all things that as an athlete, you need to really consider and understand. And in high school, you don't, Mm-hmm. I mean, I never thought about that stuff going through high school until I got to college and, and it was brought to my attention of what you need to do to be more successful because the, the athletes there are, are just as good as you or if not much better. You need to figure out how to raise to that level. We try to bring that aspect here to the to the girls when, they, when they're here and then hopefully when they leave, they can use that information as they, you know, do whatever they decide to do after that. I'm, I'm 50 and I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> consistency yes. that's the work the consistency you got to do something consistent that's yeah. what you hopefully get in place in their head it's not what you do one day every two weeks it's what you do in those all those two weeks in a row that matter <laughs> I, let's, so, let's just say i'm consistently bad at it how about that there Greg? You go. yeah well at least you're consistent i guess you gotta look at it that way so coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap up here with uh, a let, let's talk about uh, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about pressure defense, or you want to talk about your youth program? Um, yeah, both are very important. Okay, both are very important. Well, but, doggone um, it, let's just talk about both then. Uh, let's, yeah, I can give you a little bit. The youth program, I just feel like it's just a development way for kids. You know, I have I try to put my hands in there and and, and help out as much as I can with our youth program. Yep, just because I want them to to understand where, why we do things and, and you're important to this program and, and what you do now is going to help you to be better. You know, as you get older, things will come easier. If you can work on things now, that type of thing with the Mm -hmm. youth program, I just feel like if you're not doing that piece, you're kind of, you're kind of just hit and miss every year then. Yeah. You know, you'll be as good as whatever time they put into it. Yeah. How, how do you organize that? And again, you're in a unique situation. You're in a small community with two school systems you know so is it something that you guys share with the public school is it something that you do on your own uh yeah we we ended up doing it on our own 
my wife helps me out too with it. Um, she's an, an assistant track coach for the school too, as well. So she and played basketball in high school and really loves it and enjoys it. So she helps me out with that. She kind of helps organize it a little bit more for me. And then I can just slide in there and help as much as I can mm-hmm. with it. And then we just, we're grabbing parents of the kids that are there as well to help out, try to get as much help from the community as possible from the parents. And then when the kids come in and again, we don't have like a ton of girls in our, in our area for us. So we don't yeah. have, we might have five in each class. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have yeah. 10, 12 of them in each class. So our numbers are not huge. So then we can really focus on the fundamentals. And sometimes it's tough because I have to tell my my parents and my coaches at that age that, you know, it's not always about how many times you win. Yeah, We need to make sure that, that they can dribble and handle the ball and shoot and pass and yeah. play together and, and what they're doing. So when they get to me, they're ready for those aspects, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So... So, another another thing you just got to keep in mind that I try to teach and, and help, but mm-hmm. I've been there too. Yep. I want to win as many games as I can. Yep. Uh, so so you're kind of the the head honcho of the the youth program in your community. It's it's pretty. It, it's a lot of top down type of stuff. Yeah, for the girls program it is, and then the boys do the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, they've got uh, you know the same type of thing going on. They got a lot of dads that help out and keep that program going, um, and really focus on those fundamentals and beaten once or twice every week mm-hmm. if not it's usually twice mm-hmm. um to get those kids in the gym and they're shooting and dribbling and and learning all those concepts that they need to learn so yeah i mean it's uh i mean my wife wendy takes care of the scheduling of it and the mm-hmm. organizing of it and then i just kind of chirp in when she asks for it and mm-hmm. i get to be there when she she usually has a practice plan set up but it's very similar we work yep. together with it and yep we, we try to do a lot of the same drills if we can, so they, at least some of them so they can get used to what we would end up doing in junior high and then yep. um, in high school. So, And that's probably another thing is that my assistant coach is the junior high coach, so everything that we're doing, he's starting to implement in the seventh grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. slowly bits and pieces of it, and then we can we bring it in, and they're already got these plays down and these plays down, so you can add things pretty yep. easy. Yep. Or switch things if you need to. So yeah, based on you know their skill level, what they're capable yeah. of doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what grade do you start them at, Coach? Uh, we start at third grade mm-hmm. is what we start with. There is a, I mean, there's a younger program below that. Um, they call it Fun with Fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, that get to third grade, and then we take the third graders to the sixth graders, and then obviously junior higher and junior high, and then we get yep. our high schools and high schools. So. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. How much you know? Kind of you're practicing twice a week. Uh, how many game? you know, are you in a league? Uh, do, are the kids in, you know, how many tournaments do you have them play in? Do you do, you know, some programs I know they just do all tournaments to kind of free up some weekends. You know, you kind of have a yeah. long weekend and then yeah. you have a weekend off and then you have a long weekend and then a weekend off, you know, what's kind of, what's, what's your program's philosophy? Well, we, lo- a lot of times I leave that up to my, my parents that are ahead of each, each class. Cause a lot of times when you're playing in tournaments or, games you're usually playing by class like fifth grade sixth or whatever it is um so i kind of leave it up to them and just suggest hey look we you need to get in as as much as you can but i gotta be honest with you when it comes to those particular things i've got my head coaching job at at the high school to take care of so Mm -hmm. i kind of need them to be able to to take those girls and and get them into tournaments and do the best they can i mean and i don't really scrutinize anything on on how well you're doing or how bad you're doing, it's yeah. you're out there. Yeah. You know, you're out there playing and you're doing the best you can. That's yeah. all that matters yep. at that age. You're, you're keeping them excited, getting them going, those types of things. And then, 
as they get older and more skilled and more developed, and they you can do more things with them. So, yeah. yeah, you know, one of the things with where we're located at geographically, I mean, we're just a bedroom community eight miles outside of Omaha, and yeah. and one of the things that I've told our youth coaches and 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 our committee and that type of thing is. You know, we got to take advantage of this, but we also can't get too caught up in it. You know, we yeah. uh, we kind of have the best of both worlds to a degree where we're, we're a smaller community. Uh, we get to have all of our girls play together. Hopefully we can keep, you know, our goal is to keep all of our Fort Calhoun kids playing for our Fort Calhoun program. Yeah. But we also get to play some really, really good competition inside the city of Omaha um, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get our butt kicked, you know, every once in a while, because we're playing kids that are, you know, maybe it's the the Millard South feeder team or the, you know, whatever, you know, uh, you yep. know, something along those lines. But that's going to be great experience for us down the line here. And so you just have to ride the wave a little bit, and it's gonna be a little bit choppy from time to time. But as long yep. as we stay steady, it it will. What we're gonna do everything that we can. To where we have it hopefully pay off to have a great high school experience. Yep, absolutely, yep. absolutely. And it does help. I mean, in our situation, we we have to travel. I mean, yeah. We have to travel if we're going to go to Sioux Falls. Um, Sioux City is fairly close within an hour, but mm-hmm. the Omaha's those are two and a half hours away, so we don't have that convenience of you mm-hmm. know what we can pick. Just we can do just weekends, yeah. You know, and we can just go to these. And you have to be able to. Sometimes you got to spend the night because you might have to play late at night, play the next morning. Uh-huh. You can't go back and forth with it, too. So that's always a concern for us is trying to find things local. We try to do things with the, with the towns around us where we can bring in, you know, fifth, sixth, third, fourth, and fifth graders, sixth graders, and, and bring them all in, and then they all play each other. You know what I mean? Yep. So one town, there's there's four games going on, but it's just two towns coming together, that type of thing, as, as best as we can. Yep. You know, because you don't want to be going every – at some point you want your – got to remember how old the kids are. Yep. They still need to be kids, yep. so um, you want to keep that in mind too as you're going through it. Yep. Uh, let's talk a little pressure D here, uh, Coach. Let's wrap yep. up. Let's go home here <clears throat> on that. Tell us about what you like to do. Is it half court? Is it full court? Or, or you know, if it is full court, is it zone? Is it man? What are some things that you that you've done or you would like to do or you have done that you really liked when it comes sure. to applying pressure D? Yeah, so I I like the man-to-man defense myself. I feel like uh, if you can keep working on it throughout the year and you've got enough enough athletic bodies that you can really handcuff teams very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, I really emphasize that piece. So we will work on our man-to-man defense a lot. Mm-hmm. And we have little wrinkles inside of there where we teach our girls on how to get through the screens and push through the screens or, you know, jamming screens, um, uh, jumping screens on on pick and rolls, you know, hands up high and 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 you know, sagging off on the backside, switching on the backside, all those types of things that we've really grown into. Um, we've been able to implement more the last couple years because we've been running it so long. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was big at the beginning. It was just we got to get our fundamental defense down, our our man fundamental defense down. Everybody knows where they got to be. Everybody knows how much they need to help. And I think that's key on, on man-to-man defense. Overhelping is a thing, mm-hmm. and you need to understand what that is and not do it mm-hmm. because teams will take advantage of it. Um, even though you think she's open or she's going to score, she didn't score yet, don't go over there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Stay where you're at and get the rebound when she misses, and we'll go the other direction. Um, those are pieces where we really try to emphasize the most um, with it, trying to keep 
ball pressure and trying to force left. I mean, that's another thing that a lot of people have been pushing is forcing forcing everything left. Mm-hmm. Um, the lock left. Of, what's that? People call it lock lock left. I've heard it called. You know, we're yeah. going to lock them to the left side or whatever, or or try to yeah. push them left. So, and I've done some research on that pieces of just seeing, you know, what works and some of the stuff I've I've kind of researched on. I I you kind of take bits and pieces of it, maybe not the whole thing, um, but really the the ball pressure on the ball, but also the backside defense that your girls are playing all as one has been really very good for us down when we get down to state or we get to our district finals there's certain things where we're running that you know we're like man i wonder if they can figure this out can they can on the back side can they switch enough and stay on their girl so they don't have to move as much mm-hmm. you know the ball's on the far right two girls on the left they're screening on something just switch it yeah stay where you're at and then the the pushing and jumping through screens kind of the Earlier, the bump through the screen, like if she wants to try to screen, you got to you got to you got to ride her through. You got to use your elbows and you got to use your use your body to get through. Those are things that, and, and honestly, it comes down to how physical you can get your girls to play. Some girls don't want to play physical, mm-hmm. you know, and that can be that can be an issue. But you know, we really worked on things of those concepts to help us get that pressure defense, you know, locked up. So it just becomes difficult for teams to kind of exploit you because you're not if you really over help then you can find a way to get to the open open person um and if you're locking that away or taking that away then it becomes more emphasis on how skilled each one of your individual players are mm-hmm. yeah you know can they beat somebody with high hands enough times can they get yep. it over their hands um can they get it to the rim can they make it and then can we get the rebound before they do yep in that situation yeah Sometimes you know, we make it way too complicated, don't we? Yeah, you do. I mean, it's it's really what it is, and and you get you really gotta you, you gotta hone in on that. And I use my five minute increments. Is I, I run defense for five minutes. I'll run offense for five minutes. We'll run a a, a drill with uh, fundamentals for five minutes, and I and I just kind of bits and pieces as we go through our practice. So it's not all thirty minutes of defense. Here it comes. Yeah, because you get about seven minutes in whatever and you're like what are we doing what did we do before i can't even remember yeah yeah you know yep with them so uh no those are some of the pressure sides that we've liked i mean we've you know what it's like to be coaching a game and the other team just cannot score yeah i mean or they just go on a drought for so long and you're just like yeah we're okay i don't care what offense we're running because they can't score on the other end so our offense will keep up enough to to spread this lead yeah, you know, if if uh, so, if if Kirk Ferentz heard that right now, he'd be crying a tear of joy. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Is, yeah. You want to score a bunch of well? I think it came down to when I was an assistant on my last last year before I took over. We lost like sixty three to sixty. Uh huh. And I'm sitting there going, "There is no reason we should be scoring sixty points and not win by thirty or forty points." Yeah, should not happen. Yeah, and. uh I kind of took that to heart, and when I took over, I was like, "This is what this is what we're going to do. We got to play defense, and we got to have a high pressure, and you you got to be able to keep your girl locked up, and we have to do it together." So yep. it's worked out. Yeah, it's worked out pretty well. Worked out pretty well, and and we'll end yeah. it there with the with the coaching coaching axiom of it's worked out pretty well. So we're going to yeah. do that. So Craig Wartman, head girls basketball coach at Hardington 
Cedar Catholic High School in northeastern Nebraska. Uh, Coach, uh, if if folks want to know more about you and, and about your program, how can they how can they find out about it? Well, I don't have much on that aspect. I mean, I'm not a big person that has the big uh, links and on, on on any of that stuff. We have a website for the school. Uh-huh. Um, you definitely can. Uh, if anybody wants to talk basketball, I always love doing that. So you can. Uh, definitely call or email. Um, that information is on the website if you want to find that piece on it. Or summer stuff. I know that some coaches reach out over the summers just to ask, what are we doing up here in northeast Nebraska? And, um, you know, to be honest, it, it, it we, we work hard. Yep. We try to do our best, and we see where it lands. You know, we just got a lot of us that are battling against each other, and we get to the end of the seasons, and uh, lots of them don't have to play each other. Yeah. So yep. that's always nice. But, yeah, yeah. Um, that would probably be the biggest thing if, if the school website is there. If yep. you want to get a hold of me, if there's if they reach out through you, you can pass along my information there as well. You bet. All right. Uh, Craig Wartman, girls basketball coach, Hardy's the Seeds of Catholic. Uh, Craig, thanks so much for uh, coming on here uh, this evening. Uh, hope you enjoyed your, your first podcasting experience here. I did. It was great. I always love, I love talking hoops, so anytime. All right. Awesome. If you uh, if you could hold the line here, we've got to go through a few things to wrap things up. Uh, yeah, Coach Wartman, uh, again, Hardington Cedar Catholic, great stuff there. Uh, we want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic. If you're in need of any chiropractic services, don't hesitate to reach out to Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi, uh, 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. Uh, again, download, rate, review, give us five stars, have us move up in the, the standings. It's, it's huge for us there. Any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Hope you folks have enjoyed episode number 198. I know that I certainly have. want to thank Coach Gortman for his time this evening. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day 